when it comes to my new VCR, I didn't need the instruction manual. I simply unplugged the old one, plugged in the new one. It doesn't tell time, but I have a watch for that. I can play a tape in it without the instruction manual, without knowing what time it is. And one day soon, when I pick up the old VCR from the floor, I can take the manual that came with the new one and put it somewhere where I'll be able to find it in the future. There's no instruction manual for my life. I don't always know what I'm supposed to do. I didn't know what to do when my best friend died when I was 23. I didn't know growing up how to handle great pain, or for that matter, great joy. I don't always know what the best foods for me to eat are, and I insist on eating ice cream even though my stomach has told me that the days of eating ice cream are kind of in the past. <laughs> I didn't know the proper thing to say to my grandmother when she asked me, Patala, why are you going to speak at a church? Are you converting? <laughs> There's no instruction book on what to say. There are things that we've learned that we should or should not do. I know not to bite off more than I can chew, and I know that that works both metaphorically and with food. But despite all the wisdom that we've gleaned in our lives, there's not a specific instruction manual on anyone's operation. Much to my chagrin, there's no specifically tailored handbook on what I should be doing in my life. I worked as a congregational rabbi for three years and I realized that was not for me. Now what do I do? I'm not exactly sure. There's no instruction manual, no matter where I look, Judaism, Buddhism, Eastern philosophy, Western philosophy, no matter where I look, I struggle to find it. And yet, as much as I know there is no instruction manual, there is within. The following words are from the book of Deuteronomy. These words are some of the most beautiful and true words I have ever read. These words our tradition teach are the words that God told Moses on top of Mount Sinai. This selection is God's message as to the location of the true path. Surely this commandment that I command you this day is not too baffling for you. It is not beyond your reach. It is not in the heavens for you to say who among us will go up to heaven and bring it down to us and teach it to us so we may do it. Nor is it across the sea that you will say who among us will cross the sea and get it for us and teach it to us that we may observe it. Rather, the word is exceedingly close to you. It is in your mouth and in your heart so that you may observe it. Where is the instruction manual? Across the sea? Above the heavens? No. It is so close to me that I often forget that I have it. Now how do I know that this is true? Now here's my proof. If you were God, and I must confess I have fantasized often about being God, 
<laughs> and I have advised God often on better ways. But if you were God and you wanted all people to break out of their ordinary life and live a life filled with holiness and blessing, where would you put the treasure map? If you were God and you wanted to make sure every person was able to find the answer, where would you put that answer? There can be only one place. God would have to place the map to joy and happiness within each person. The treasure map, the instruction manual on how we should live our lives, the route that we must take to liberate ourselves is and has to be within us. Each person's map of how they can get from where they are to where they want to go is within them. It is true. God wants us, what God wants us to do is not beyond our reach. It is true that it is very close to us and it is true that it is in our heart already. The path that any of us take to reach our goal, howsoever we define that goal, is and must be unique for us. In the Bible, God calls God's self the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. Now this might not, at first glance, be meaningful to us. The traditional commentators asked a very interesting question. Why does the text read God of Abraham, God of Isaac, God of Jacob? Why is the phrase God of repeated? Why does it not just say God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? Why does it say God of Abraham, God of Isaac, God of Jacob? And tradition teaches that God refers to God's self in this way as the God of Abraham, God of Isaac, God of Jacob to teach us that God had a different relationship with each of the biblical figures. The relationship God had with Isaac is not the same relationship God has with Abraham. It is not the same relationship God has with Jacob. This is vitally important to us. The Bible is trying to communicate with us that we must come to have our own relationship with God. Each of us are unique. The relationship that God had with Abraham is not the relationship that God and I have. The relationship that God and I have is not the relationship that you should have. We are all different. We each start from a place individual for us. If we were going to say that each of us wanted to reach this exact point of time and space, there would be a different trajectory, a different route for every person to get to one place just because we all start in a different place. If our goal is to understand our world, if we each aim to be one with God, we must realize that our route must be as individual as we are. There is a Jewish legend about the Garden of Eden. It is taught that for each person there exists a gate to the Garden of Eden. There exists, according to this tradition, exactly one gate for each person. And that the righteous, those who in the course of their life seek the Garden of Eden, will be welcomed into paradise. The tradition, however, warns that if anyone ever enters through the gate marked for another, all will be expelled and the door is shut forever. We must each come to our own relationship with God, with the world around us, and we must each take our own path. It would be easier to take pre-worn paths. 
But if you take someone else's path, be forewarned that it will take you to places other than where you need to go. No one, no matter how much greener the grass seems for them, can walk humbly with their God if they have not done their work. There is hard personal work involved, and we must each find our own path. I realize that the easy paved path in front of me cannot be the true path. But that does not mean, excuse me, I realize that the easy paved path in front of me is not the true path. And religion encourages us to be in community, but that does not mean we take a communal path. Organized religion, in my estimation, tends to dictate a set of paths as opposed to encouraging the individual to a sense of their own discovery. Jacob, as we heard before, is alone, and then he is struggling with God. It is when Jacob is alone that he struggles to forge a relationship with the divine. Now we, like the Bibles, Jacob, struggle to make sense of what we see, of what we believe, and what we feel ought to be. We, like Jacob, have heard that two generations ago they were sacrificing their children, that our own parents' generation went and had their own suffering, and that we are lucky to be alive today. We, like Jacob, know that we are lucky. We, like Jacob, know that some of what we have been told about God is not necessarily true for us. We, like Jacob, have learned that no one can tell us what is ultimately right, even if they do quote God. We, like Jacob, must wrestle with God on our own. We, like Jacob, must, as difficult, as painful, as scary as it might be, we must wrestle with God past our exhaustion, past the point where it feels comfortable, past everything we have ever known. Unlike Jacob, we must consciously choose. We must constantly choose to fight this battle. We, unlike Jacob, have the option to keep ourselves from wrestling with God. We do not have to confront and wrestle God. We can choose, and many people do choose, to claim that the relationship with the world they want does not exist. We can pretend that answers are far beyond the sea and we are unable to understand what we need to do. We can choose to act as though we are uninformed. We can choose to swim in excuses. It is a choice. It is a choice to make when we choose to be unlike Jacob. On the other hand, we can choose to, we can choose to be like Jacob. We can choose to have our relationship with God and we can choose to be so blessed. And we, like Jacob, will be blessed. And he said, let me go, for the dawn has come. But he said, I will not let you go until you bless me. He said to him, what is your name? And he said, Jacob. Then he said, no longer will you be called Jacob, but instead Israel, Israel, for you have fought with God and man and have prevailed. After his wrestling, Jacob receives a blessing and a name change. God renames Jacob Israel, which means he who will, he who fights with God. To this day, Jews, Muslims, and Christians are the spiritual descendants of this original God wrestler. It is the birthright of all of God's children to be like Jacob, to wrestle with God, to have their own relationship with the divine. Now, after his wrestling, the newly named Israel declares, I have seen God face to face, and my life has been saved.
It is my hope that each of us will wrestle with God and come to our own understanding of God. I'm not telling you anything different than was the message of the famous rabbi and teacher upon whose message this church is built. Jesus talks about a new heart which is needed. Jesus talks about a higher road we must take. Jesus is offended when he visits the temple because he saw practices of, of false religion. Jesus lambasted the fixed practice of the Sadducees, the small-mindedness of the Pharisees. Jesus wanted people to understand that being religious means getting and having a personal connection with God. The personal connection with God is only possible when we defeat the false gods that surround us. A personal connection is only possible when we fight with God. A personal connection to God is only possible when we wrestle with God. It is only when we struggle with God, it is only when we fight to understand God, it is only when we act like Jacob that we can enter into a relationship with what we know to be true. I pray that each of us will choose to be ourselves, be uniquely ourselves, and come into our own relationship with God. I pray that each of you will realize that everything you need religiously is within your grasp. I pray that I will remember that the instructions I am searching for are within me. I pray that you know that truth and God's commandments are close to you, that they are in your mouth and in your heart. I pray that each of us will remember that the struggle to come to our own terms with God is not something that can be done and then it is over with. I pray that each of us will have renewed strength to continue our struggle. I pray each of us will be proud to be a child of Israel and that we, like Jacob, will not be afraid to grapple with God. And finally, I pray that in our wrestling with God, that we, like Jacob, will be blessed, that we, like Jacob, will be able to say, I have seen God face to face, and my life has been saved. Amen.